All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome once again to Invest Wisely with Walt Sokira. He's the managing partner of Akron's AKW Group. He's a wealth advisor and, uh, again, a longtime investor in the stock market. They invest their clients' monies into individually owned stocks in custom-made portfolios to designed to, to meet their particular needs. If you have any questions about how to invest in the stock market or particular stocks this half hour, give us a call at 330-673-1234 or listening online, toll free at 800-669-4100. Well, Walthy, winds in November seem to be blowing favorably on the market, especially considering that most folks now are looking at their October statements and getting pretty low on that, but now they're buoyed by what's going on right now in the market. Yeah, so far in November, Bob, we, we've seen some really big improvements. Um, actually, since the end of uh, the month, we're up 7.2% on the S&P 500 index uh, here through the first few days of, uh, of, no- of November. Uh, so, you know, we saw some uh, pretty good advances last week. Um, again, there was a heavy flow of earnings news that came out. Uh, the large-cap stocks did very well last week. We saw a real big movement in technology again. Technology for the week was up 4.8%. Uh, communication services were up 2.2%. Uh, more comments from the Fed. Uh, Jerome Powell, you know, making comments out there at an IMF uh, panel discussion talking about, you know, if he needs to continue to tighten, the Fed will do so. So, again, Sending those kind of shock waves through through the bond market and you know the economy, um, we saw Treasury notes really you know come back down. We saw the ten year you know move back down to that four point six three percent level. And again, just a few weeks ago, Bob, we were over five percent. So again, the the longer end of the bond curve is not believing that you know the Fed will be able to hold those rates uh, as we go into two thousand twenty four. That they'll have to start loosening. So a lot a lot of data coming in, a lot to look at. Overall, for the week, uh, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average move up 221 points. That's a 0.7% increase in year-to-date. That Dow Jones sits at 3.4% on the positive side. Uh, The S&P 500, the broader index, up 56 points for the week, 1.3% rise in year-to-date. We're up 15% now on the S&P 500 index. Uh, The NASDAQ up 319 points, again, a 2.4% advance. Year-to-date, the NASDAQ up 31.8%. And then the small mid-caps struggled last week, Bob. We saw them lose 55 points, uh, lost about 3.1%. And that index is actually still sitting negative, negative 3.2% for the year. So uh, the large-cap, large-cap tech stock still the place to be uh, here in 2023. And, you know, we'll continue to work hard to figure out where we're going to be in 2024. 
Now, the economic data was not a great deal last week. We did see the U.S. trade balance reported at a negative $61 billion and an increase of consumer credit by $9 billion. Mortgage applications also dropped off and consumer sentiment dropped off as well. So you would think that those things would have had a more negative impact on the market. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of mixed data still coming in. Again, we're seeing the use of credit go up and that, you know, that continues to concern, you know, economists about, you know, how stretched the consumer is becoming if they're working their way through all that savings that, you know, consumers were able to put away through COVID and, you know, starting to go back to the debt, uh, credit card debt we see really rising. And then, and then we're seeing some fracturing in different places. Like we said, the mortgage applications dropping. Uh, hard to buy, harder to buy a home uh, with the values where they're at and, and the interest rate level is still pretty high. Um, so, you know, again, the data is just still sending some mixed signals out there, Bob. And I think it's going to continue to be uh, hard to, to kind of wade through the data to really feel where we're headed as we head into 2024. Now, a lot of retailers are going to be reporting their quarterly earnings in the next few weeks. And they're also looking for the results of sales in October, which it does mark the beginning of the fourth quarter holiday buying season. Now, the consumer will now tell us whether or not there really is any uh, fact that the sentiment is weakening in the consumer spending and the polling data, the surveys and the facts that we'll be getting in the next couple of weeks. Uh, what, the, you know, what, what are you thinking about that right now? I mean, consumer spending has not really gone down all that much, and this is a big holiday season. What do you think the prediction will be? Well, Bob, this is a really important week. I mean, we're going to get all kinds of earnings reports, Home Depot, Target, Walmart, TJX, Advanced Auto Parts, Macy's, Williams-Sonoma, Gap, BJ Wholesale, Ross Stores, that, you know, all kinds of retailers are going to report. And, we're going to get a lot of insight into what the consumer, how they're doing, and if they're continuing to spend. Again, 70% of our economy, Bob, is what consumers do, what you, myself, the listeners do with, with our money. You know, if we spend, our economy tends to grow. And if we pull back and stop spending, then our economy tends to weaken pretty quick. So it'll be really interesting to, to watch the data uh, here as we head into the holiday season. And you know, see how strong that consumer spending is uh, here here as we uh, you know move again towards those important holidays. Now, a lot of the polling out there shows that in general, uh, consumers think that the economy is bad. They think the economy stinks. They think that uh, things are not not doing well, and they're not doing well yet at all. Other people say, "Well, all the data looks like uh, things are good. Spending is up, and uh, some of the other indicators look so positive." Why would there be such a a gap between what people think the economy is and what it may really be? Well, there's an old saying that says, where you stand is a function of where you sit. And, you know, how you feel about the U.S. economy probably depends on your, your personal economy, you know, the, the decisions that you're making, Bob. Uh, for instance, you know, we talk about uh, mortgage rates. I mean, hey, home values are high. You know, if you own a home, you're, you're probably pretty happy. You're not, you don't care about those higher rates, and you have very high home equity at this point. If you're out there buying a home, you're in a different situation. You know, you're you're looking at incredibly high prices and high mortgage rates. The cost of buying a home is hard. So same data uh, has totally different impacts for, you know, whether you're a buyer or a seller. And then, you know, you, you look at other things like, uh, you know, the employment rate. You know, again, if you have a job and, you know, you're out there working, then that low employment rate doesn't probably mean a lot to you. But if you're out there looking and, you know, looking for a job, it might be hard to find the kind of jobs you want right now. So, you know, the data is really, it depends, you know, the economic growth is high, but then we talk about it slowing. We talk about high inflation, but again, we think that's slowing. Uh, we talk about low unemployment rates, but we expect it to rise. 
So it just it just depends where you sit and how you're viewing the economy right now. I think the data, uh, that's why it's confusing, and that's why a lot of people are having trouble kind of interpreting what's going on. We're talking to Walt Secure, who, of course, is the managing partner of Akron's AKW Group. If you have any questions or calls, uh, give us a ring here, 330-673-1234. Time now, though, for the Trends and Insights section of the show. Walt does a lot of research during the week and looks at a lot of different things and finds many, many factoids, if you will, that uh, may or may not have an impact on how you may be investing your precious dollars in the stock market. Well, this past uh, September, the ICE Mortgage Monitor reports that, once again, existing home sales hit their lowest seasonally adjusted rate in nearly 13 years. And again, Bob, this is one of those data points that we're watching. And and I think really, you know, we've seen home purchases really slow. You know, there's not a lot of inventory out there. Um, Prices are high. And we just talked about, you know, rates are very high as well. So uh, we're definitely seeing a fracture there, you know, in, in the housing market. Home builders, you know, we're still doing pretty well, as we as we've said, you know, over the past few weeks that you know, you look at those home builders because of the incentives and the new homes that they're building and the inventory that they have, they're still doing pretty well. Um, but again, this is an area that definitely shows the weakness in our economy. Now, Barron's had a very good article this week about the new areas of the U.S. that are, that are emerging as the economic powerhouses of the country. I mean, for the longest time, the big four metropolitan areas like New York, Washington, L.A., and San Francisco represented most of the economic and social power. But now they say there are new metro areas that are showing growth and economic significance. And uh, interesting enough, they're all south of the old Mason-Dixon line. Houston, Dallas, and Nashville, and Miami. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting article, Bob. And again, you just look at the, you know where where the activity is, where the economy is growing. Um, Dallas, you know, they had the biggest jump in population last year, over 170,000 new residents. That's the most of any U.S. metro area. Um, their airports now serve 148 U.S. and 55 international cities. Um, so again, you know, you just look at the the area there. Uh, one of the biggest landlocked metropolis areas, over 9,000 square miles. Uh, Houston, home to over 25 Fortune 500 companies, second only to New York City. And again, you know, just a lot of population growth there as well. Uh, Miami now serves as a headquarter of Latin America operations from over, over 1,100 multinational companies. And again, their airport is number one in the U.S. for load and unloaded international freights. Uh, also, we'll let you know, Jeff Bezos just moved there. So, you know, the Amazon founder, uh, must be something going on there down there in Miami. And the Nashville, interestingly enough, you know, is really growing, known as the music capital of the world. But again, 500 uh, healthcare companies are now based there. Um, again, they have hubs for Amazon and Oracle. Meta Platforms is just completing, uh, you know, building there. So we see some tech growth. So, yeah, it's really important to watch these areas of the country and, and what you know companies are taking advantage of the growth. And of course, when there's employment growth, there's uh, you know population growth, and that that leads to you know better results overall for these companies. So, uh, very interesting trends. Really great article on Barron's this week. In the '60s, Miami was called the fun and sun capital of the world. So I don't know <laughs> if that's true now, but I guess they're getting the, getting some importance out there. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, look at the Stock Talk now with, uh, with again, Walt Securit. We look at specific stock issues that he's been watching. And, again, if you have any questions about stocks or stock issues you'd like him to talk about, it's more. The number to call is, is 330-673-1234. 
and 800-669-4100, toll free, outside of the greater Akron area. Now, FactSet has their earnings scorecard and showing that 92% now of S&P 500 companies have reported their earnings, 81% have a positive EPS surprise, and 61% have reported a positive revenue Surprise! All this in the S&P 500. As you look over this earnings and this analysis, what do you think about these stocks in the S&P? Well, Bob, I think we've seen some really good results. And again, you know, we've had a couple quarters there. Um, again, we went through COVID, then we had some easy comparisons. And then this year, you know, the comparisons have been tougher. Uh, the first the two quarters of the year were challenging. And this, is, this has been a really strong quarter. You know, 81% of the companies... Um, you know, reported positive earnings surprises. 61% of the companies that so far have reported uh, positive revenue surprises. And overall, it's just good to see, you know, corporate America, a lot of companies are resilient. They, they did what they needed to do in a tough operating environment. And, you know, we're seeing profitability and, and good things as we look ahead. So I think this is a real uh, pivotal quarter. And I think it sets us up for some recovery as we head into 2024. Now, last week, we uh, told the world that you added Eli Lilly to your core equity portfolio. The FDA now has signed off on their weight loss drug, which they now call ZepBound. During the diabetes uh, treatments, the same drug was okayed as Monjaro. The FDA approval puts this uh, Lilly drug to rival Novo Nordisk, which makes a similar weight loss drug called Wigovi. Yeah, these weight loss drugs, Bob, as we talked about, have incredible impact. Um, that's one of the reasons we bought Lilly. Um, you know, they, they're a competitor out there to the Ozempic and Wigovi, which was very popular weight loss drugs. Um, you know, this, this market is big. Um, you know, they're talking about it possibly be a $100 billion industry by 2030. Um, you know, this will affect a lot of industries, a lot of companies, you know, if people, uh, you know, find this drug to be effective in, in lowering weight. Forty uh, percent of the adult population in the U.S. is obese. Um, 650 million adults globally uh, that are obese. So obesity is a big, serious condition, and uh, these drugs are definitely targeting that. And then on top of that, we talked about Lily also having a, a very strong um, Alzheimer's medication, which, uh, you know, we're looking for approval for that as well, which will, uh, you know, definitely have significant impacts to their bottom line as we look forward. And I also understand that uh, some of the insurance companies, which had not been covering these drugs for weight loss, uh, have now uh, uh, changed their tune, including possibly Medicare, which uh, had not covered any weight loss drug prior to uh, uh, the recent months, but I understand that at least some of those drugs may be covered by Medicare, and that, I think, would also be a very good boost to those medications, because if you don't have some sort of insurance company backing you, the medications that we just talked about are very expensive. Uh, absolutely. And, Bob, you're right. I mean, there's incredible pressure um, on insurance companies, the government, to, to approve and cover these drugs. And, you know, people want them, and, and you know, they, they really want to take them. As you said, the costs are very, very high. Uh, the new uh, drug here for Lilly, it's six, you know, the cost is $1,059.87 per month for, for six-month doses. Um, and that's 20% lower uh, than, than the Norbo Nordisk offering. Um, so it'll be interesting to continue to watch the price trends, the insurance coverage, and you know, the demand and supply for these drugs as we go forward. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure on Stock Talk. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Konnichiwa. Hey, konnichiwa, Ken. Hey, it's funny you mentioned uh, 
that drug stock, my wife asked me about that this morning. She said, what is that doing now? I said, well, it must be a momentum stock. It's really, really going up. Have you ever read the side effects of some of these drugs, uh, what what it can do to, what it can cause and so forth? It's kind of frightening. Well, it is. Yeah, I always, you know, we talk about it all, that time, all the time. You see commercials for these, and then you hear the end and all the potential side effects. I mean, some of them are pretty severe, but again... Yeah, where there's a treatment, there's people interested, and, you know, a lot of people don't have those side effects. So I guess it's just a, you know, case-by-case basis. Well, my my, my theory is uh, I only eat once a day. So uh, my, my theory is I, I should patent my process because uh, if you don't eat, you can't gain weight. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. No, you're, you're right. Yeah, eat less, right. exercise more, right? <laughs> yeah. I suppose you're supposed to eat when you're hungry, I thought, but I don't I could be wrong. Some right. people think, hey, it's 8 o'clock, I need breakfast. Well, if you're not right. hungry. And then they say, oh, it's the best meal of the day for you. Okay, you guys have a good week. All right, you too, Okay, Ken. bye-bye. Thank you for calling. 330-673-1234. Again, you can talk to Walt Secure anytime this half hour about your particular stock of interest. Well, another uh, holding in your small mid-cap portfolio was Axon Enterprises. Now, they reported a 70%. EPS gain, revenue grew 33% to some $413 million, and both are beating the expectations for Exxon. Yeah, Exxon is an interesting company, Bob. They, they make tasers, stun guns, body cameras, digital storage, mostly for law enforcement. And uh, this is a, you know, a really strong company. Uh, again, you know, strong, strong growth here. Uh, it's one that you know, we added to our small mid-cap portfolio. If you look at the quarter... Uh, they were up 33% in revenue. They did $413 million over, uh, over uh, $311 million in revenue and a dollar two versus $0.60 cents in profits, over 70% profit increase for the quarter. Last couple of quarters have been similar in growth. And, again, great outlooks as we go forward to this. Uh, this uh, you know, they're, they're developing a kind of a repetitive uh, revenue stream. You know, these things need to be purchased and, and bought frequently and, uh, they're, again, their storage and software that they're offering uh, for data management, court records, those types of things is uh, definitely you know, creating some excitement for the stock as well. So yeah, it's a company we really like, and it's a, it's a holding in that small mid-cap portfolio. Again, give us a call here to talk about particular stock issues and companies that may be of interest to you. Uh, another stock in the small mid-cap portfolio is Ferrari, the, uh, the big sport cars from Italy. Now, they actually had some impressive results this quarter. Yeah, this is just a really strong company, Bob. And again, we we like uh, you know Ferrari. It's uh, profit growth um, over sixty percent, revenue growth up thirty three percent for the quarter. I mean, this is a company that has uh, really demand is so high, and uh, they're really you know they're all, most of their cars are already sold for the next couple of years. Uh, uh, Six thousand nine hundred and fifty nine vehicles uh, that they they sold. But again, when you're selling them at the price points. Ferrari sells that. You don't need to sell a lot to have a lot of profitability. Uh, this is just a luxury uh, car maker that obviously uh, sells to a very select group of people out there. And, you know, wealth is, rise, is rising around the world. And those people that want a Ferrari stand in line to get them at this point. So uh, just, a, just a strong stock and one that has a good outlook over the next three to five years. And it's uh, a part of that small mid-cap portfolio. 
Now, oil prices are going down. Crude oil is now at its lowest level since mid-July. Investors continue to watch demand and supply. Occidental Petroleum actually reported better than expected for third quarter views, even though their quarterly profit fell over 50%. Yeah, again, we're watching all these oil stocks and energy stocks, Bob. Um, you know, we still believe that, you know, oil prices will go higher, that demand will be, you know, ramp up again as other parts of the world kind of open back up. But it has been a little bit puzzling. You know, we've seen uh, crude oil prices actually fall for the last couple of weeks. I, I think when the war over in the Mideast, you know, kind of uh, you know, started up, there was a lot of worries about, you know, how that might spill over and some of the oil producing countries there. And uh, it'll be continually interesting to watch, but we definitely see oil dropping at the current point. Uh, We know that there's a lot of demand out there for oil as we look forward. Uh, Occidental Petroleum obviously is a a strong player um, in in the oil market. Uh, Here, they're a U.S.-based company. They have a lot of U.S. production through the Permian Basin. Um, in the Gulf of Mexico, and they also have some Middle East uh, uh, components as well to their their revenue stream. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch all these oil and energy stocks as we go forward. We still think there's some opportunity here. Um, you know, a lot of the earnings and revenues are lower right now. Accidental was down 22 percent in revenue. They did 7.4 billion versus 9.5 billion the year prior, and off 52 percent in profits. But again you got to believe that the oil is probably something that's going to go higher as we go forward. And the predictions for the demand for oil are continuing to be more in 2024, including OPEC. They expect an increase of some 2 million barrels a day next year. The International Energy Agency forecasts an 800,000 barrel daily move. So they're saying that at some point the, uh, the demand is going to go up, and I guess at some point prices will go up too. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the experts that we read, you know, there's there's just a lot of belief that it has to go higher. And um, but again, you know, right now, the the short term is kind of surprising people. But you got to, you know, focus on those longer term trends. And, uh, you know, so oil, I think, is a part should be a part of a lot of people's portfolios out there, Bob, uh, in some way. Now, the world of biotech earnings, there were mixed BioNTech, Biogen and Gilead beat their expectations. But Vertex missed their views on predictions of sales. Yes, it's interesting. Again, watching all these companies report in, um, Biogen is one we were watching. Of course, they had an Alzheimer's medication as well. Um, Gilead has, uh, you know, been a strong uh, pharmaceutical company for years. Uh, Vertex, you know, has some very interesting offerings as well. But um, a lot of mixed results, and you know, healthcare really hasn't performed as, as well in, in some areas we expected uh, this year. But uh, definitely some uh, stocks here to take a look at and dive into. Uh, none of these we're currently buying, but uh, you know, definitely diving into the research and taking a look at the, at the results at this point. And again, more challenges are being reported in the electric vehicle world. Lucid cut its 2023 production outlook after a very bad uh, third quarter revenue decline. And Polestar, a company owned by Volvo and China company Geely, cut their delivery guidance because the demand for electric vehicles is suddenly dropping. Yeah, these stocks fell, and, and again, this is after Tesla already warned about demand. General Motors, Ford, scaled back their plans for electric vehicles. So uh, we're just, you know, we're just seeing a lot of a slowdown uh, in, in the reality of electric vehicles, Bob. And again, this is something we spent a lot of time talking about in this show, especially you know last year and the year prior. But uh, you know, the excitement now now hits reality, and uh, you know, the reality is that uh, you know there's opportunity here, but it might take longer. 
And uh, I think that's what we consistently have been saying, you know, as we had talked over the last couple of years. Now, energy drink maker Celsius also had some pretty good results in this past uh, quarter. Yeah, they really did. You know, you look at Celsius again. This is one of those energy drink makers. Um, they use PepsiCo for their uh, distribution. And, uh, you know, the results were, were pretty strong out there for this company. So, again, not one that we're currently buying, but, you know, it's been in the news quite a bit. I um, mean, you know, some really exciting growth going on there. You know, the results are, the, the numbers are pretty big, you know, when you look at profit and uh, sales growth. Uh, so, again, one to pay attention to, uh, you know, in the energy drink market. And also looking at some uh, local stocks of interest, Cleveland headquartered Transdime reported a quarter four EPS leap of 46%. Their sales grew 223% to $1.85 billion. They make aerospace and defense components, and they are looking at a fiscal 2024, setting up a special dividend of $35 a share for Transdime. Yeah, Transdime's a very powerful company, Bob. Uh, again, they, they sell a lot of uh, pieces and parts and services to the you know, aerospace and defense industry. Uh, roughly three-quarters of their sales are sole source, uh, which gives them immense pricing power. Um, 90% of them are proprietary products. And uh, they're the sole provider of these products. So, again, uh, very, very interesting company. Uh, again, headquartered out of Cleveland. Um, operations all around the country and, and internationally. You know, they bought up a lot of companies over the years. And uh, uh, one of them uh, locally was the um, uh, Snellers uh, out, on, uh, out in Kent, uh, which made the moldings and some of the uh, plastics for the interiors of airplanes. So, a very, very interesting company, Transdime, one we've, we've uh, kind of missed, Bob. I mean, this is one I wanted to buy and buy and buy, but the stock has just been on kind of a straight movement up. And uh, But we, we continue to be impressed by the results, and uh, it's been a very, very strong company. And again, if anybody else would like to talk to you off the air, like we're talking now about a particular stock that interests them, they can give you a call there at the office. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm there. Kevin, Allison, any of us uh, you know, can, can talk to you. Uh, give us a call and... You know, we'd be happy. Kevin does a great job getting research out. Um, Barrett has an incredible amount of intellectual capital, which we're willing to share and help build relationships with those people interested in stocks. So if you, you're interested in some stock management, give us a call and we'll, we'll talk to you. Once again, you can call them locally at 234-466-7476. 234-466-7476 for the AKW Group, located there in the Waterford Building an NBC Parkway in Fairlawn. Well, but you're looking in the month of November now. What is your group focusing on as we get to this the last couple of weeks of the year? Well, Bob, we're working a lot with clients. You know, we're doing a lot of reviews, uh, making sure we're getting all those required minimum distributions done, the RMDs for, for people that reach those magic ages that they have to take, uh, you know, monies out of their, their IRAs. Um, and we're also reviewing portfolios, um, you know, making sure that we're positioned where we want to be as we head in 2024, uh, you know, looking for tax loss selling, um, you know, offsetting gains wherever we can, and uh, just doing some tidying up as we head into the end of the year. Now, there are, not, there are no great uh, tax law changes for the for the year, have there been? Um, I believe there is some slight uh, increases in tax rates uh, as we go into 2024. Um, but, Bob, you know, I think overall, uh, you know, most of the rules are out there that, uh, you know, understood by CPAs and clients and uh you know, not, nothing massive at this point that's changing. 
And again, if you'd like to uh, hear an episode of the program that you might have missed, Invest Wisely is available on the AKW website. You can click on there and uh, link on to the Spotify or Apple iTunes sections that uh, broadcast these uh, past shows. All you have to do is go to the website, akwgroup.bairdwealth.com. akwgroup.bairdwealth, B-A-I-R-D, wealth. Dot com and click on the Hear the Difference section to find those old programs that we've been doing for the several years now we've been on the air on WNIR. So, Walt, uh, another week is coming up. We're just getting into the Thanksgiving Day holiday, so this will be the last full trading week before that holiday hits. Uh, what are we looking for? Well, Bob, like we said, we're going to watch all these retail reports coming in and uh, some economic data for the week as well, and you know, we'll, we'll look forward to being back with you next Sunday. Once again, you can listen to the program on their website if you miss any part of it, or you can call them directly and get more details from the AKW Group. Walt Secure and his team at 234-466-7476. That is 234-466-7476. When you do call, mention you heard him on WNIR, Kent Akron, the AKW Group in Fairlawn. Walt Secure, we'll talk to you again next Sunday. Thanks, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Advanced Auto Parts, Inc., symbol AAP. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. Axon Enterprises, Inc., symbol AXON. Biogen, symbol BIIB. BioNTech SE, symbol BNTX. BJ Wholesale Club, Inc., symbol BJ. Celsius Holding, Inc., symbol CELH. Faxet Research Systems, Inc., symbol FDS. Ford Motor Company, symbol F. Ferrari NV, symbol RACE. Gilead Sciences, Inc., symbol GILD. The Gap, Inc., symbol GPS. General Motors, symbol GM. The Home Depot, Inc., symbol HD. Eli Lilly and Company, symbol LLY. Lucid Group, Inc., symbol LCID. Macy's, Inc., symbol M. Meta Platforms, Inc., symbol META. Norvo Nordisk, symbol NVO. Oracle Corporation, symbol O-R-C-L. Occidental Petroleum Corporation, symbol O-X-Y. Ross Stores, Inc., symbol R-O-S-T. PowerShares QQQ Trust, symbol QQQ. Target Corporation, symbol T-G-T. Tesla, Inc., symbol T-S-L-A. Transdime Group, Inc., symbol T-D-G. TJX Companies, Inc., symbol T-J-X. Vertex Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated, symbol V-R-T-X. Walmart, Inc., symbol WMT, William Simona, Inc., symbol WSM. Please note that Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.